here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. <laughs> You're listening to Right On Radio.
everyone. Welcome. Happy Sunday to you. What a way to start off our week with the reading of the Word of God. And you know, I don't believe in coincidences. And uh, you know, if if we pray often and we're in the Word of God, we have to believe that God directs our lives. And even in the small things. And when we come to this chapter, I say this all the time, folks, but I'm constantly astonished and amazed at the goodness of God. And just a little thing, you know, I it was in my heart to play the chauffeur, you know, shofar perhaps at the beginning of a new chapter. And that would have been last week, but I had that other song on my heart and I, and I went with it and it, you know, talk, it basically showed the what Jesus came to do, his final uh, duties and carrying the cross, and then essentially it is finished on the cross. But today we're blowing the shofar, and it's right at the beginning, the birth of the king. You know, how appropriate is this? And, you know, again, it's just a little thing, but I marvel at the little things. And, and there's a couple more little things in this chapter that... You know, um, a week ago, might not have had the same revelation uh, as I have now. <laughs> and hopefully you will, too. It's seemingly a fairly simple chapter, and, and I think it is. But there's a couple things that I really feel that God wants to show us in this. And... As mentioned before, because of the length of the book of Matthew, I'm not racing through it, but I'm not going to pick up on every single word. I'm going to focus on what I consider to be the uh, major precepts and master principles of the chapter. So just before I read, why don't we just pray for a moment? Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to to mass communicate your word, Lord. And even though this uh, this community is humble in size, Lord, we are mighty because we believe in you and we believe your promises and your word are true. Lord Jesus, we pray for understanding. We know that man can teach your word, Lord, but it is really the Holy Spirit that ministers it into our hearts and makes it real. So, Lord, I pray that no one depends on me as the teacher, Lord, just as a as a voice. And, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak through me at this time. I fully release myself into your hands, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit takes over, and I pray the Holy Spirit takes over in every single person who listens to this broadcast as well, and that your name, Jesus, be glorified above all. Minister to each one of us. Help us grow in our faith, Lord, towards you, our love towards you. And Lord, I pray that you release even a, a greater sense of worship, full worshipfulness <laughs> in each of us, Lord that we would be able to worship you in the spirit of truth and love. In Jesus' name, I pray, hallelujah. 
Well, welcome everyone. And although, yes, I am a man of deep faith, I believe God can do anything. He can heal all kinds of things, but I have not consistently prayed for my eyesight to get better. So I need to put on my readers. <laughs> and uh, hey, listen, God could heal my eyesight. I've never really uh, prayed much about it. Uh, perhaps I will, just as a, a testimony uh, that I could give if indeed he chooses to do the repair. And just a reminder, I'm getting into the habit of praying at the end of the broadcast. So when it comes towards the end, uh, please type in your prayer request uh, in all caps so it stands out to me. And I want to apologize to the person who put the uh, a prayer in there in the chat last week. I missed it. And uh, what I did do is I put it on our prayer channel and many people have lifted that prayer up in the Lord's name. So I also just want to mention that. And if you wanted to be bold yet and put it up here again, uh, I certainly will do my best not to miss it today. Uh, we've been having some wonderful testimonies on our prayer call. Um, I actually shared one last night that's uh, very near and dear to my heart, something I've been praying about for the last couple months in particular, and the Lord answered it in a miraculous way. And, you know, although we, uh, you know, I'm putting, saying put in prayer requests here at the end, if you want to put in testimonies, just try to make it brief. We don't need the whole big story, but, you know, um, just the, the main thing that the Lord did. And uh, I would love to read out your testimonies as well from the live chat. Well, let's get into this chapter. And as always, I'm going to read the chapter in its entirety, and then we will start to go through it and see what things the Lord perhaps will choose to highlight to us this morning. And I really say to us is because I, I don't come here as a know-it-all. Yes, I study in preparation. Uh, I do my due diligence. I have to do the work beforehand. But, you know, oftentimes I see things that didn't pop out in my study when we're doing this live. And uh, the Holy Spirit reveals things to me. And some people say the... Uh, the greatest lesson is for the teacher. And I, I would certainly say that that is part of my testimony because I've been faithful and stepped out and an unqualified guy, uh, really highly unqualified to do this. Uh, but I step out in faith and I just trust God and it's been fruitful. And it's not because of me or any natural abilities or anything like that. Although, you know, listen, I, the Lord made made me have a fairly, uh, you know, better than adequate IQ, certainly, and uh, and I believe He's given me, yeah, you know, and I've trained in it actually to be a good communicator. I think you know I have some natural skill sets that I've worked on and developed over the years and studied over the years, but it's the Holy Spirit is the one. Amen. 
And I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone I see here. Uh, people who are listening to Play Black probably hate when you do this, but I just want to acknowledge some people. So I'm scrolling to the top. Uh, Misty River, thank you. I bless God for you. Uh, Misty River in the chat is has really become a ministry partner, and and Katie Q is one of the admins as well. Uh, has been showing up and doing a great job. Uh, not there's a lot of policing, but they do a lot of encouraging. And uh, and I just want to comment, uh, Misty River, you really have a gift of uh, of writing as well. I'm going to encourage you to keep that up. Uh, Wendy, is there a miracle in our midst? Katie Q, sunny weather. How are you? So glad to see you here consistently. Um, Teresa, God bless you, Teresa, one of the admins on our channels as well. Michelle, God bless you. Love my sister. Uh, revolutionary bliss. Woohoo! Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, there's a whole bunch more people who are watching that are probably too shy to uh, to get in the chat. Get in the chat, folks. Um, it's a whole bunch of you. It's a friendly crowd. You are accepted. Uh, and one wise guy is here. Welcome, one wise guy. And Trish, first-time listener, Trish. Where are you from, Trish? Uh, if you don't mind putting in a state or province or country, I'd like to get to know you. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I hope this edifies you. All right. Enough with that. Let's uh, let's get into the word. God bless the reading of your word this morning. We're reading from Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah... In the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went ahead of them until they came to a stop over in the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. 
And after that, they came into the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod. This happened so that what has been spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged. He sent men and killed all the boys who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity who were two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and he came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee and came and settled in a city called Nazareth. This happened so that what was spoken through the prophets would be fulfilled. He would be called a Nazarene. Wow. What a story. You know, there's not much about the childhood of Jesus. And I think really the next example is going to be when it goes to when he's 12 years old. But what an incredible story this is. <clears throat> so it starts off now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, fulfilling the prophecy of Judea, in the days of Herod the king. Now, Herod was an insane man. This guy 
if you do a study on him, you know, he killed his sons, he killed his wife, he killed all kinds of people, anyone who threatened his power, anyone who was going to succeed him. And even on his deathbed, he ordered a whole bunch of people to be killed because he wanted people crying when he died. And they knew, and he knew they weren't going to cry for him. <laughs> so killing babies, uh, not a stretch for this guy. All right. Just, just saying, uh, the guy was absolutely insane, but it said Magi from the East arrived in Jerusalem. Now let's just take a look at the word Magi for a second. So we know that uh, this is where our words magician come from, magic come from, Um, magistrate, that's important to know. But these are, are commonly known to be astronomers and astrologers. It was kind of the same thing now, you know, back then. Now we have them you know, into separate camps. However, you know, back then it was kind of the same thing. So why would Magi be sent on a long, arduous journey to see this king and worship him? I think it's very prophetic. And, and one other thing, just as I mentioned this, um, you know, there's so many things that have been programmed into us. If I was to ask you in the live chat right now, and I'm not, you don't need to put in the answer, um, but most people would say, well, it's three wise men because there was a song written in the 1800s, you know, we three kings of Orient are. It doesn't say anywhere in the scriptures there was three of them. There's three gifts. That's true. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that has been embedded into our psyche, and I'm not exactly sure why. Perhaps the Holy Spirit will will let us know, but there were more than, probably more than three. (laughs) It was probably a big group of them. People traveled, especially a long ways, and we don't know where they came from, but we do know it was from the East. You know, so I think there's the assumption in that song of Orient because it was, you know, uh, Asia Minor, most likely. You know, people traveled by foot back then. And, you know, there's some limitations on distance when you're traveling by foot. But it's interesting in verse 2, they say, oh, let me just tell you why I think it's prophetic that it's the Magi. The Magi were not Jews. And yet, so non-Jews came to worship the one who would be called the king of the Jews. And as we learned in our studies of some of the epistles, the great mystery of God was revealed through Jesus. And the great mystery of God that was hidden throughout all of the ages until Jesus arrived on the scene 
was that he was not just the king of the Jews. He's the king of all people. And it's funny because here we have Gentiles going to worship the king. And as we're going to find out in a few verses later, the Pharisees and the scribes did not take the same action. Interesting. So where is he who has been born the king of the Jews, they asked. For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. So they followed this star, and they come all the way to Jerusalem. And then reading between the lines, it appears that the star has disappeared. So now they're in the city asking, where is he? They were led to Jerusalem, but all of a sudden the star isn't there. And then Herod, who, by the way, was not a Jew, but he was known as the king of the Jews because he was the king over the land that the Jews, some of the Jews resided in. Many of them were still in Egypt and, and scattered abroad, of course. But it was actually Caesar who gave Herod permission to be called king of the Jews. This guy was as blasphemous as it can get. So when Herod heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. All of Jerusalem was troubled that the Messiah was born. And this is Jerusalem is heavily Jews at the time. Probably the majority of the population there were Jews, why would they be troubled? Oh, because you see in their oral tradition. Oh, let me, let me just say this. Yes, the commandments were given to the Jews. But if you see how their laws got expanded, it's because they had their oral tradition. You see, there were like when Moses went up on the mountain, they were not allowed to go up, but they gathered and they felt that they had actually greater revelation than Moses. And so they started doing their own laws. So these are the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders kind of sounds like the same trick that the Nar people are doing these days because you see in the Nar, the new apostolic reformation, which is huge if you're new to the program, they believe that their new revelation actually supersedes the word of God. The devil has just keeps doing the same things over and over. I guess they tend to work. So Jerusalem was troubled as well. And gathering all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And instantly they had the answer. Well, because they knew the scriptures. They were the keepers of the law. Don't forget what Jesus said about these people. He said they were, here, 
your father is Satan. You know, he said a lot of things. He condemned them. They were the religious leaders were the number one enemies of Jesus. But they knew the scripture and they've said it instantly. Oh yeah, it's uh, Bethlehem. They quoted the scripture from Micah, you know. And uh, this was where it was written by the prophet. And then it says, uh, then they quote the scripture, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, and by no means the least of the leaders of Judah, from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people in Israel. But you see, the Jewish people always thought that they were going to have this big, strong king just arrive, and he would slay all their enemies. They didn't want to know that he would ride into town on a donkey. <laughs> they didn't want to. And by the way, their Messiah is coming. <laughs> He's called the Antichrist. That's their Messiah. Knowingly or unknowingly. Some of them knowingly, for sure. And then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. He was cunning, and he sent them and said, Go search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship. Well, uh, Herod had a, uh, a reputation by this point, so even though the Magi are told in a dream later i don't think that they uh they believed this at the time however don't forget he was the king and uh they would be scared to defy his order and so he did order them and so the magi although they escaped later on and went to found a different way to go home um they they had to be they did it out of fear but they were obedient to God and they were obedient to God just to even go search this out. So verse nine, after hearing the King, they went on their way and behold, the star, which they had seen in the East went on ahead of them. And it came to a stop over the place where the child was found. <clears throat> You know, this star, we don't have a lot of information about it. Excuse me, let me just get a drink of water. You know, some people think it might have been the planetary things, you know, and people have gone historically to say, okay, Saturn and Jupiter were lined up, or it's Jupiter, or maybe it was a, you know, an asteroid. <laughs> But one theory that I have heard on this stands out to me to be the most credible. And this is just a theory. The Bible does not prove this out. But perhaps it was the angel of the Lord. You know, what else could just park over the house? You know, and, uh, and when you think about the uh, the nation of the 
Israelis being led out of Egypt and following a pillar of fire and stuff like that. But it's a star. I wonder if it's the angel of the Lord. Just putting that out there for conjecture and for to use your brilliant imaginations and glorify God with it. Because no matter what, God did something spectacular. And he led them to Jerusalem and then took away the star so that they would go and meet with this king. <laughs> it's, it's incredible the orchestration the Lord did. And verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. There's just so much here. So first of all, you know, we've been inundated with pagan Christmas ornaments like the nativity scene. You know, the three wise men come and see baby Jesus in the manger. Um, no. I don't, it doesn't say how old, but it says he's a child at this point. So I don't know when you, when you become a child and not a baby, maybe one year old, two years old speculation, but at some point you're not a baby and you're a child. Okay. You're, you know, we stop calling my baby. We call him my child. And I assume it would have been that way in the end. And also it went to their house. They didn't go to the manger. So, you know, they had the baby in a manger and all that. We know that from the other Gospels. However, this is a period of time afterwards, and they're in a house. And they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Notice they didn't worship Mary. <laughs> For you former Catholics out there. Thank God you got out of that. And then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <clears throat> you know, uh, I never expected last week to go down this thing of looking at elements and, you know, look at, with the shows that we did this week with the... Uh, the gold, the beryllium, and the onyx. Did I say it correctly? <laughs> Did I say it right this time? <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Natasha is a good friend, and she really will always try to help whenever she can. And I was mispronouncing things. And I do like to be corrected. Um, I hope I did it correctly. Let me know. Um, but they fell down, they worshiped him, and then they opened up their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So gold is a precious metal. Gold does not corrode. So it's it, it cannot be tarnished. And it's a fitting gift for a king. And I think it's very symbolic here. I think all three gifts are. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you my 
opinion rhetoric here. Uh, I did a quick study on these and I'm just being honest, I'm just kind of taking someone else's word for it here. But in light of the broadcast I did last week, and I'm continuing on Tuesday, by the way. Um, so we have gold, and I just explained that. Frankincense is like a sap that goes out and it becomes rubbery and like a gum, and then it becomes crystallized. It hardens after a time. And you don't get the amazing scent that comes from it until you crush that uh, crystallized form thing. So, you know, when we're talking about the transmutations and things like that, I find it very interesting because, uh, you know, this week we looked in Genesis about the gold and then at the beryllium and beryllium was essentially the seed in a sap form so there seems to be somewhat of a parallel here but it's changed up in the elements and then myrrh again if what i you know i, I visited someone else's study on it and i don't necessarily want to endorse this person but they are a great historian. Um, they've said some things that I think are really off in their the theology. That's why I don't want to endorse them. But the uh, kind of my go-to person for his, histor historical facts. Um, myrrh. This was used as embalming fluid. Back in those days, embalming fluid. So, hey, here's some gold. Here's something that's going to smell sweet. It's going to be great. And here's some embalming fluid for your child. What a foreshadowing of the life of Jesus. What a foreshadowing. I just, I'm amazed. The depth of God's word, and we're just scratching the surface, folks. We'll never find out all of the wisdom God has in these things. But just these little clues are incredible to me. In verse 12, and after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. And again, they were ordered by the king to come back to him, and this is a vicious king. So for them to obey the angel of God, they really did believe, and they worshipped in the spirit of truth. They went there, and they really did worship God, but yet the Pharisees and the scribes and all the people in Jerusalem at that time they weren't excited. They were troubled by it. Huh. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? Why would they be troubled? Now, when they had begun, so this is important, the Magi have left them. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Talk about obedience. It says, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search out and kill him. So Joseph got up (laughs) right then, took the child and his mother. Now, normally, you would always list the mother before the child, just in the way of the, the, the way they would write their letters, because it's the hierarchy. But the hierarchy has definitely changed here with Jesus, isn't it? So Joseph and his family were immediate. But what's amazing to me is it's it's the very next verse. You know, now behold, they're gone, an angel of the Lord. So right after they get these gifts from the Magi, they're told to flee to Egypt. You know, Egypt isn't that far. It's, you know, 75 miles. Now, where in Egypt they ended up going? Um, many would speculate Alexandria because there was a heavy Jewish population there. There were synagogues there. We know that, um, which would have been about 150 miles, as I understand. You know, when you're walking, I don't know how many miles you do in a day. Um but with a baby and stuff like that, you're probably, you know, it's a bit of a slow journey. And it takes money to do that type of journey. They have to eat. They have to have traveling provision. They have to carry their some of their stuff with them, right? They moved. Moving is a nightmare in most people's lives. Uh, probably wasn't easy for them either especially as they didn't have a truck come and pick up their stuff. So it's just interesting to think about that. The Magi, God orchestrated that whole thing. So they most likely gave provision because that gold, and we don't know how much they got, but the gold in particular must have really sustained them. Actually, does it say in Luke how much they have? I'll have to double check. Maybe one of you will... Let me know, Uh, Natasha. Thank you. I did say it right. And of course, they went to Egypt to fulfill another prophecy. This happened. So what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be filled out of Egypt. I called my son. And then we get into, you know, uh, Herod slaughters the babies and two years and younger, and it wasn't just in Jerusalem. He hit all the vicinities, like the the neighborhoods around. And it was to fulfill the prophet through Jeremiah when it says, "I when I heard a voice in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. Essentially, Rachel represents a Jewish mom. And she was refused to be comforted because they were no more. They were no more. Incredible. You know what? People haven't got better. You think this stuff isn't happening today? 
And I don't want to go on to another tangent, but, you know, I just read, you know, some VAERS reports and stuff like that this week. And the CDC is essentially saying, you know, the, the government statistics are essentially saying, you know, because of the jibber jab, and I'm, the number is going to be way higher, I'm sure. But they're admitting to 59,000 children have died because of the inoculations. But no one's gone to jail, just like Herod didn't go to jail for doing that. You know, God is the same yesterday as today. Well, so is the devil. He hasn't changed either. Verse 19, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So right away, Joseph responds. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, was reigning over Judah in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for regions of Galilee. So neighborhoods, you know, the burbs. And settled in a city called Nazareth. And this happened so that what was spoken through the prophets would be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. <clears throat> We're going to talk about Naz Nazareth uh, next time, but <laughs> let's just say I think it was called a get. It was kind of like a ghetto, <laughs> you know. Uh, what a humble king. You know, he didn't, he could have ordered a palace be made for him. You know, he could have done that, right? But yet they lived in the most humble of circumstances. What a beautiful testimony. Well, yes, uh, I'm just looking. You can put in your prayers now, prayer requests, if you have any. And it's not just me praying for you. There's uh, a whole bunch of members of our prayer team, and eh, everyone in, in this audience are prayer warriors. I can assure you of that. And so it's not just me praying for you. It's a whole bunch of people praying for you right on the spot. And even perhaps people who aren't even here live will be praying for you on the replay. So you can put in your prayer request now. Um, yes, Wendy, Daniel was in charge of the wise men of Babylon, east of Jerusalem. Yeah, I, I kind of think that, I tend to think that that's where the wise men came from, was from Babylon. But we don't know for sure. The Bible doesn't. Uh, really indicate, doesn't give us any more information. We, I guess we just didn't need it at the time. 
<laughs> Sloopski, thank you for correcting Onyx. Yes. All right, I'm just looking through to see if there's prayer requests. I'm only looking at looking for things in capital letters. I do go back and read the chat after I'm done, but it's too much of a distraction, so I only look at it occasionally. Ah, a testimony. We've been praying for Greg, and Greg went home from the hospital and is doing well. So, yes, we do give the Lord all of the credit for that. Oh, hey, um, I just got to mute myself for one second. I have to take this call. It's embarrassing, but I have to. Just one second. That was my father, so I felt it was important for me to take that call. I apologize to each one of you. Ah, prayers for me and the new Genesis study. So it's not a study of Genesis. Um, let me explain, uh, although we have been focusing on Genesis, but it's really going to go into Revelation as well, and a couple spots in between, although we're going to take a different direction on Tuesday with the uh, show. Uh, at least that's what's planned right now. What happens between now and then, who knows? Um, but I entitled the series, like in, in the actual title, uh, The Alchemist Nuclear Transmutation. But really, uh, it's what I put on the uh cover art the golden man that's uh that's really where this is going is the golden man all right well there's only one prayer request and it's for me <laughs> so i want to honor that prayer and uh, thank you for putting that in there, Sloopski, as well. That's actually really, really amazing. So, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your word. I give you thanks for your guidance. And I give you thanks to the Holy Spirit that does reveal things, Lord. And although I'm not perfect in my delivery, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not perfect in even hearing your voice or instruction, Lord, I, I can be thick at the best of times. But Lord, I do trust that you guide our steps. And Lord, I do trust that you have brought me onto this subject matter, which I would have never desired to look at on my own, Lord. It just uh, studying the elements and stuff like that are things that I don't understand, Lord. And I don't have the inner desire to understand these things. But Lord, you've put it in front of me and you've made it fascinating, which only the Lord God can do, and you've made it jump out of your word in front of me. And Lord, I'm curious to see where this goes. So I do pray, Lord, that you give me wisdom 
and maybe even you'll send some help from the audience uh, into some of the meanings and where uh, this is going to go, Lord, because I don't know quite the ending of the series yet, Lord, but maybe you'll reveal beyond, well, I think I have an idea where it will end, but Lord, I want to follow your instructions. So Lord, I do pray that you continue to speak to me and guide me. And Lord, be use. I pray that I get to use my time wisely, Lord, that you order the things in front of me so I don't go off into unfocused directions or unimportant directions, Lord. Guide my steps. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, I just want to lift up everyone that here is here in the audience. Lord, I, continue, I pray for a continued increase in faith. I pray for a continued increase in of desire and ability to worship lord and in an unashamed fashion to worship you lord that you break down those barriers of pride and things that are hidden in our lives that we would approach your throne and worship you unashamed of course lord and even with witnessing eyes lord i think of even when we're in public and we say grace, how we usually will lower our voices, myself included, Lord. Well, am I being considerate of other people or am I being ashamed of the gospel? Lord, reveal that to me and to each one that is listening. And Lord, I pray for our health. I pray for strength in our legs, Lord, and in all of our bodies. I pray that you will help our immune systems recover past, past the Things that are being done to modify, Lord, our, our food, our water, and all that stuff, Lord, the devil's got it all covered. But you are above all things. All things you are above. And if you were for us, nobody can stand against us, Lord. Their arrows will not pierce your armor. And I give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, hey, thanks everyone for being here. Just real quick. Um, I am listener supported. Uh, if you do support on Patreon, I'm just going to repeat this a few times. That's the Podbean one. You are billed as the speaker's company, okay? Uh, it doesn't say Jeff at Right On Radio. It is the speaker's company. And uh, I'm getting a lot of bank challenges, like people saying it's fraudulent. And I'm wondering if people are signing up um, purposefully to do that because, you know, they want to hurt me in some way. But Lord will protect. I'm confident. <laughs> and if people do that maliciously, I feel sorry for them. In fact, I pray for them right now if that is the case. Um, also, they, I do have PayPal and a couple people... I uh, do like to use PayPal. I can't use Venmo or Cash App or anything like that. They just won't work because of my international status. So, um, and I do use a company name because companies where I live um, pay like one third of the tax that a uh, person does. So it's a legal way to keep more money in your pocket. And, uh, you know what? I, I think I should do an income reveal one time because people, uh, 
I don't get accused of being a grifter very often, but I'll, I'll just say like I'm making, I get about $2,000 in donations a month. Um, that does not cover my bills. Uh, I get a couple hundred, uh, some, sometimes usually between one and 200 dollars a month through PayPal. Um, I got paid from rumble the very, for the very first time it was in September actually. And I'd been on rumble for just over a year and it was thanks to a couple people uh, who have, you know, decided to sponsor through rumble that put me over and say, you don't get a payout until you hit $50. And, you know, I kept putting out episodes that keep getting a lot of things, but I was stuck at $46, uh, in revenue for, I don't know, about eight months or so, which was kind of weird. Um, but anyways, I got my first payout from rumble after almost a year and a half. And that was $56. Of course it cost me $35 a month to be on rumble. Um, I have to pay to be on Podbean. I pay for my software, uh, to do this stream. Like, you know, it's, you know, about six, 700 bucks to, uh, to run this and my equipment's getting old. Like, you know, I'm going to have to do a fundraiser for a new computer probably in the not too distant future. Cause this one's actually about uh, two years past its prime. I've done what I can to maintain it and to empty it. But, um, your donations really do come of use. And at this point, you know, I did well before I started to be a podcaster and that really did sustain me, but I've gone through my savings now, folks, I, I really have. And, uh, somehow the Lord has been sustaining me. I'm not even quite sure how it, how we've managed, but it, it can only be through him because the numbers don't add up, but somehow I'm still here. Uh, it's quite amazing. It's been probably over six months that, uh, it's been that way. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord is my provider, but sometimes he uses his people to do it. So if you'd prayerfully consider, uh, that I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you everyone for being here. Uh, remember to, uh, be loved, be loved, love one another, be blessed. You are a child of the God most high. Be the Berean. Don't take anyone's word for it. Search these things out for yourself and you'll find out that there wasn't just three wise men, most likely. And, uh, you know, they didn't go to the manger. <laughs> Little things like that. Why? You know what? I think it was made to belittle God in some way, these uh, pagan stories that have come out. So be the Berean, and then simply, after searching these things out in the scriptures for yourself, simply believe, because that is what it takes. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and the price of admission is to believe him. I'll see you on Tuesday, everyone. Thank you for being here. God bless each and every one of you.